Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord, be on my mind. Be on my Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. When the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. those wretched men to a wretched death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper time. And Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Gospel, Jesus introduces as a parable. And I'm not one that should be arguing with Jesus. How about you? But you could also call this an allegory. An allegory, the way I understand it, is everything in the story has a parallel to real life. And Jesus is trying to describe the whole picture of salvation. And he gets this story, you can tell, from the first reading from the prophet Isaiah. Jesus was very knowledgeable of the scriptures. And so he takes this parable and makes it an allegory. And basically what he's saying, I think you would know, but let's go over it. The people of God are Israel, God's chosen people, chosen so that through them God may reach all people. But over time they strayed from God, and so the vineyard was not healthy, strong, producing fruit wine, sign of joy, new life, like God intended, but wild grapes. And so God sends his servant, the owner of the vineyard, to tell the people to repent, if you will. The servant of a prophet. And over the years, prior to Jesus, the prophets were killed, ignored, rejected. 
finally, God says, what more can I do? All I know, I will send my son. They will respect my son. And Jesus tells us here that it's going to happen. Jesus is rejected. The stone that the builders rejected then becomes the cornerstone of our salvation. And the irony is, is that they wanted to kill the son in the story or the allegory so that they could have the inheritance. The irony is, it is through the death and resurrection of Jesus that we do have the inheritance. We again become children of God, reconciled to God, the treasures of heaven poured out to us. But order returning in this allegory is likened to the end of time or judgment. And just as for the people back then, so too for us. God wants to see us use these great gifts, the inheritance, the treasures of heaven, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, not simply to save ourselves and be comfortable, but to bear fruit in the kingdom of heaven. So I think it's a worthy question for your prayer life to reflect upon. Are you? I think for everyone it might mean a little something different. And the first thing that I think the secular world or the, the response is children, be fruitful and multiply. But fruit in the kingdom of God, I think, is much different than that or includes that that goes further. You see, an analogy of a fruit in the plant, and, and the scripture uses a lot. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me, and you will bear much fruit. It says that you can judge a tree by its fruit, etc. It's a common image. Because our spiritual life can be likened to a plant. See, a plant grows, and it has to do some things. It establishes deep roots, then it grows a strong stem, and then flowers, and finally fruit. And the fruit then falls to the ground and gives new life to the next generation. It contains the seed. But the fruit comes from a mature plant. And if the plant is not bearing much fruit, the plant can't just say, I want to bear fruit and do it. The plant has to focus on becoming healthier. Or the farmer gives it fertilizer, water, sunlight, love, and care so that the fruit can be produced. So in our lives, this is a good view, I think. Our call to make fruit in the kingdom of heaven, to do things that help God's kingdom grow, happens not so much by our focusing on the fruit, but by focusing on being a healthy plant. We must work on our spiritual life, put deep roots into the ground, drink deeply of God's love and water and spirit in the sacraments of the church, learn our faith and become strong by studying it and practicing it like a gym, my strength comes from the Lord. 
over time, we bear fruit. So, an example of what I'm talking about comes in the second reading today. I've got to look it up because we put the book away. Did you hear this? Were you listening? I hope the answer is yes. This is the second reading. Brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all. How many of you do that? No anxiety at all. What is St. Paul talking about? And then he goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And keep on doing what you have learned and received from me, for he means us to the church. Think about these good things. The mind is a powerful thing. We hear that a lot these days. I believe it. Mind can do great things. But I wouldn't go as far as I do hear it nowadays, that you, you can do anything you put your mind to. But I don't believe that's true, even though I believe that if we put our mind to things, we do a lot more than we ever expected. The mind is powerful. But just the mind alone is leaving God out of the picture. To produce fruit, we let God work through us, right? Like the sap going up through the trunk. Life, to give life, is something beyond our ability. It's God's work through us, the healthy plant. And so, St. Paul is saying, use your mind, but use it to do God's will. Scripture says, with God, all things are possible. And so we can look at our lives and look at all the problems and get anxious and worried and say, how am I ever going to solve all this and make this work out? Or we can say, God, what are you doing in this situation? What do you want me to do? I'm going to let you work through me and just trust that you're going to work it out. That's a huge difference of attitude that brings less anxiety and maybe one day if we do it perfectly, no anxiety. But here's the idea said in another way. We're not called to do good work for God. We're called to do God's work. We're not called to work for God. We're called to do God's work. Said in another way, even for good reasons. I may say, oh, I want to do good things. I want to move. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a big family. I'm going to work hard and provide food. I'm going to volunteer in my church. Those are all good things. But that's my idea of what's good. God says, well, can you make room for my idea and what you should be doing? To do God's will is a fundamental shift. It's a trust that God will work good in all things we do. To look for His blessings, to look for the goodness in every situation, and try to be part of that, to emphasize that, to magnify that, to be an instrument of 
of that, even in difficult situations, and not worry about whether I'm actually succeeding, but if God is working through me, God will work it out. Sometimes we never even see the results of our labor. It's a fundamental tip that begins good work in the kingdom of God by focusing on doing God's will. Now, one last thing, or one last idea, because it's so hard for people to know God's will. Right? One thing, step one, is to want to do it over our will. But step two is how do we really hear it? Again, if we're going to produce fruit, we need to be a healthy plant. And so be very immersed in the life of the church, working hard to know God, follow His ways as it's been handed down like St. Paul said. But then also, use your mind to prayerfully reflect on everything that's happening in your lives and say, God, where are you working in my life? And what are you trying to tell me what to do through what is happening in my life? St. Francis and our Franciscans call this Active contemplative. Contemplative is one who just listens to God. Active is one who does all this hard work for God. But the two really are meant to come together. We're supposed to prayerfully reflect upon our lives, and as we grow in our spiritual life, we gain more of an ability and ask, "Where are you, God, in my life? What are you calling me to do in this particular situation?" And so, that is an important part of. And sometimes, one of the ways, or I guess what I'm saying is that we don't just sit and wait and listen to hear God's will and then say, okay, now, Lord, I know, I'm going to go do it. Sometimes we do it and then look at the results. And God will show us whether that was the right thing to keep doing it or whether maybe we got to change. We need to be more open to say yes to the Lord even when we're not really sure, to take some risks to try to serve God. I had a powerful memory of one of my parishioners in my first parish. He had a heart transplant. And his life totally changed, as you can imagine, after his gratefulness for what he believed God saved him through that heart transplant. And he said, you know, Father Paul, before my heart transplant, if someone asked me to do something, I would say, think to myself, why should I do that? Now he says, after my heart transplant, when someone asks me to do something, I think to myself, why shouldn't I do that? He does more things for the Lord. He does more involved in the church. He's more involved in volunteering in community work. More involved in the lives of his family and friends. And over the years, God has shown me more and more what is God's will for his life. And he continues to called to be like him. Be a healthy plant to take risks to the Lord, to say yes, and then evaluate the results of our activities to see where God really is leading us. One of the areas of our church nowadays that we don't talk enough about is sharing our faith with others. It can happen very simply in a situation where someone's struggling and say, you know what? I feel that God wants us to pray. Let's pray with the 
that we practice our faith in the midst of our family, it will inspire others, that we share the source of our joy with others. May this be.